The Beyond the Game program is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. TownandCountrySolutions.com. Fearing nothing but God. Thanks for being with us. This is the Beyond the Game program. BTGprogram.com or at BTGprogram. Last week I had the opportunity to go to Pittsburgh and cover the team's Faith Night event. I took Pastor Shane. Many of you may remember Pastor Shane, part of our program for a year or so, maybe a little less, before he left for taking a job. He took a job as a pastor out in uh, Niagara Falls. He's originally from Pittsburgh, a lifelong Pirates fan, so he went along with me. I got to tell you, we had a blast, Zach. Not only was the ride down, it was just a great time of fellowship as we talked about different ministry experiences, but the Pirates did a great job with the event, and it was so encouraging to hear from a number of players on both teams, really, as several of the Milwaukee Brewers who they played that night, they took part in the event as well. We were a little slow getting down there, excuse me, because, you know, there's there's plenty of steak and shakes between here and there. And, you know, <laughs> how do you not stop for a shake and a crock yeah. of those baked beans that they have? Oh, absolutely. I, I could see where that would make you... The Pirates were down. gracious enough to leave us a couple of media passes, allowed us access to the areas we needed to go, the field and stuff, to uh, to really get a feel for the event. And when we first walked in, the guy at the door, you know, the guard there, the attendant there, it, he spotted a couple of greenies like us a mile away. Now we're we're a talk radio show. We we don't we're not reporters. We don't go to these things very often. But this mm-hmm. faith night, it was it was obviously a real fit. But he saw that we were fairly green. But bless God, he was very kind to us. He's very patient. He's explained where we could go, and he even recommended that we hit the field, catch the rest of batting practice before heading up to the press box to watch the game from the air conditioning. Turns out his suggestion was spot on because it was <laughs> a hot muggy night. And, you know, they play the game, and while I forget the final score, there was, was a lot of offense. And the pitching, a lot of pitching changes, so it was getting to be a pretty late night. And Mind you, we left Rochester around noontime, and we were going to be driving back to Rochester after the event. And that's not to say, you know, I like to be in bed around 10 o'clock, so <laughs> this is going to be well past my bedtime. One of the journalists who Shane follows, I think you mentioned you follow him too, that he covers Pittsburgh area sports. He picked up on how late it was getting and tweeted out something to the effect of, it's a good thing Christianity teaches patience because it's looking like a late night for faith night. <laughs> so as the game goes on, I'm beginning to wonder, you know, could they possibly cancel this thing? Or you know, what are they going to do here? And uh, would they do a quick sort of half-hearted sort of presentation to get the players back home sooner than later? But to the Pirates' credit, they did no such thing. Uh, they had announced several times during the game anyone for staying for faith night afterwards could relocate down to the field level section behind the first base dugout. And the Pirates, they didn't compromise a thing. I, I suppose it started somewhere, I don't know, the game may have got it, got over around 1045. This thing started around 11, and about two dozen players, not to mention their wives, some front office personnel, some of the opposing team, the Brewers that night, they, they all came out. They stayed out there sharing the impact that Jesus Christ has had on their lives until well past, well past midnight. It, it was... I was pretty surprised by that. I wasn't expecting that, but they did a great job. They were faithful to it. They stayed out there. And, you know, actually, it's kind of a funny story. As I said, the Pirates were very gracious in 
allowing us to go where we needed to in order to get a good feel for the event. But after the game had ended, we left the press booth to go back down to the field. And as we're walking through the tunnel, kind of like we own the place, we're just walking through the tunnel trying (laughs) to find our way back to the field. Here comes the team out of the dugout on their way to the clubhouse, and now we're they're walking with us. We're we're, we're walking amongst them, and you know, I, at this point, I, I look at the guy walking a foot and a half in front of me with the name McCutcheon on the back of his jersey, and I'm beginning <laughs> to get the sense that probably we're somewhere we really don't belong. Yeah, and just roll with it at that point, right? Well, yeah, that's what we're pretty much we were just we had no other choice. We're walking down the tunnel. Finally, the guy does stop us, but. He doesn't yell at us. He's not giving us any attitude. He just kindly asks where we're going, to which, you know, I tell him, to the field, of course, to cover Faith Night. And I must have sounded like a kid in a candy store because we're all, we all kind of giggled about the way, the way it came out. And he's like, look, man, why, why don't you just use the umpire's tunnel at, at this moment? The players are coming out. Use that instead, instead of the player's tunnel. All right. Fair enough. So we go through the umpire's tunnel. And we're halfway through that, and now here come the relievers in from the bullpen, and they're walking right past us as we're going by, and they're all greeting us, hey, hello. I mean, if I wasn't a Yankees fan since practically birth, I'd be a Pirates fan. This was the friendliest group of people. Uh, The players, the front office, the attendant, everybody took care of us very friendly to us and oh yeah i've been to a few games there and everybody the attendants the food service people the the guys scraping the gum off the concrete they're all so friendly they they really were and we're from out of town obviously we're from out of town we don't look like we know where we're going we're obviously not one of their beat writers you're not saying yins or all that stuff (laughs) but they were very kind to us. So now we're on the field. I'm completely amazed by the amount of people who remained after the game to hear the players talk about their faith. I'm not real good at estimating numbers or anything, but my guess, there was a couple thousand people still sitting there in that awesome. section. It really, it really was. Now, remember, this is 11 o'clock at night. They've just sat through a relatively long ball game, mm-hmm. and here they were, a couple thousand people. By my estimate, and I could be off, but... So we're just sort of milling around with some other folks. We're making small talk with people, not really knowing sh- for sure who anyone is. They had set up about two dozen chairs on the infield along the first base side for the players, which we didn't realize that it was for the players. We just saw the chairs, and Shane and I, all we were this close to going over and sitting there. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't know really, and I think that's the only thing the Pirates maybe could have done better, we had no idea how the event was going to unfold, what to expect. They didn't really give us any direction. So we're on the field just milling about, about to go sit in the players' chairs. <laughs> we end up down in the first base dugout with a bunch of other people who, as it turns out, front office personnel, some other players who really weren't involved in the faith night but still were uh, about, mm-hmm. and the players' wives. And the only reason we knew it was the players' wives because as they're waiting for – the team to finish up in the locker room and come out, the players that are going to take part, they had the ladies come out and share. So they emptied the dugout and as they go up and share. And that was that was kind of cool um, to hear from the women and hear a little bit about their faith because, you know, being the wife of a professional athlete, like anything else, has unique challenges mm-hmm. to itself um, that, that only maybe they really understand, they can really relate to and these women shared how they have a Bible study together and are studying from a tic- particular book together. And they seem to have formed this really nice, tight-knit group, and they hold one another accountable, and they encourage one another. And 
you know, certainly fellowship like that of any like-minded group, uh, a similar circumstance or similar walk of life is really good for the spiritual growth of all of us. But it was very encouraging to see. And when the women were done, they brought up this, the, the, the men had come out, the players had come out, now they had taken their seats in the chairs. It was, like I say, probably two dozen of them or so, some including some brewers and some coaches. Uh, they had some of this group of children, and each of the each of the kids, excuse me again, were able to ask the players a question or two. And you know, by the way, if you're a baseball fan, if you're a believer, I'd encourage you to check out one of these faith nights somewhere if you can to hear these fellow believers share their faith from the platform God has given them. It was encouraging. It was also a lot of fun, though. And I'll tell you, uh, I'm telling you about the event to kind of give you a feel from it. And I want to play you some of the audio clips in a minute. Maybe you can find them encouraging as well. This brings me to another thing. I realize I'm never, never going to be some sort of, you know, beat reporter. As I said earlier, we have this talk show. It's a lot of fun. We talk about stuff. We don't, we're not really reporters. It was late. When this thing finished, it was after midnight, and the players are around, and I felt like I wanted to ask them. I wanted to do a couple of interviews and ask more specific questions, but it was well past midnight. I couldn't help but feel, man, I can't ask these players anything else. It's late. They're going to want to go home. And by the way, we're looking at a six-hour drive back to Rochester, so as it is, you know, we're pulling an all-nighter, but... So let me, let me play some of the clips for you. One of the kids, he asked Matt Joyce about his favorite Bible verse or his favorite Bible story. And here's what Matt Joyce had to say. Well, what is your favorite Bible verse? Your Bible verse or Bible story? What do you think, Matt? Yeah, story, I would say David Goliath. Uh, you know, it's kind of like an underdog story. Uh, obviously, David was a smaller guy, a shepherd uh, of Israel, who was grateful later became king, and uh, Goliath was this ginormous uh, warrior of the Philistine, and uh, you know, here comes uh, David, and sure, sure enough, throws this rock and smokes him in his head, and uh, knocks him out. But uh, just one of those stories that, that kind of resonates with you, that uh, no matter what obstacle or how great the obstacle is, uh, as long as you have God and you put God first in your life, you don't overcome anything. I like that he says ginormous. Another young person wanted to ask pirate reliever Jared Jared Hughes about his role model. Who's the role model in your life and why? Who's the role model in your life, Jared, and why? The role model in my life is the best role model, Jesus Christ. So selfless, everything he preached was about love and forgiveness, and uh, just the ultimate example of how to serve. So definitely, uh, Jesus Christ was my role model. What was great about the Jared Hughes clip was how happy he seemed to be to be part of it as he was sitting there uh, in front of us. Some of the guys were sitting there as part of this panel. with They had a serious look on their face. The Pirates had just lost. They had gotten thumped pretty good. One guy in particular, Andrew McCutcheon, was sitting there almost, he's almost moping to the point where I sort of felt bad for him. It, it was obvious he didn't want to be there. And I'll talk more about McCutcheon in a minute. But in his defense, 
He's sitting there after having just gone 0 for 5 with a couple of strikeouts. But Jared Hughes sat there the entire time with this goony smile on his face. <laughs> you know, he just seemed to be filled with the joy of the Lord. He was looking, seemed to be looking forward to this thing. And it was written all over his face the way it should be on all of ours if we're believers in Christ. And I felt convicted about how joyful he was just sitting there and how it was so refreshing to see. After they finished with the kid's question, the chaplain uh, for the Pirates, he came up and he took sort of took over as the MC and he introduced some of the players, sharing a little bit about them and asking them some leading questions, which would give them an opportunity to share about their faith. One of the first guys he brought up was former World Series MVP David Freeze and asked him about his decision to be baptized. I got baptized at a very young age. Obviously, don't remember it. And I went to PAO, it's a professional athlete outreach conference. I know most of these guys uh, have been to it. Um, I got the invite every year of my big league career and just wasn't ready, ready to go. Um, and then finally, you know, I, I decided to go, and uh, I wish I had done seven years ago. It was incredible. Um, these guys are just going to talk about. But um, the other part, Kind of into last night where you know they had baptism uh, for for guys and um, it's just an amazing experience. And actually for me, I I didn't do it at first. <laughs> I didn't I didn't really understand that you could get baptized again. And I, I see Adam Wainwright across from the pool. Or I feel Adam Wainwright across from the pool, just staring at me. Um, you know, as we've talked about before, and I went back to my hotel room and called my dad, and he kind of explained some things. And, and there were some guys that were getting baptized um, after, you know, the, the main part. And so I felt more comfortable and, and jumped in the pool uh, with a bunch of guys. It was just an awesome experience uh, to kind of profess my love for Christ, um, to kind of put both feet forward. I've lived my life with one foot in, one foot out. I think a lot of you guys can understand how that goes, but uh, to, to throw it all out there and kind of start a new life and um, publicly profess my love uh, for Christ, it was, it was unbelievable. It's encouraging to see another side of these players that you know their names and mm -hmm. to hear them talk about their faith in this format it, it was really encouraging, which is why I want to play these clips. I'm hoping you're getting maybe to see just a little bit into uh, a different side of these players. For instance, their all-star closer, Mark Melanson. Uh, were you with me? Was he that Dominican missions trip we went on, Zach? Uh, was he on that? I know he was on one of them. He might have been. I know the the one that I was there when we went the first year, there were a lot of Yankees minor leaguers, which he would have been at the time, so he, he probably was. Yeah, he definitely had no recollection of me, which I, <laughs> I wouldn't expect him to, but he was asked about his faith and how it intersects with his career as a baseball player. Yeah, I, I pray very hard before I go over there every day. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, as I'm running out to the mound and I'm saying a prayer, like most of these guys said, it's, it's not usually for the success. It's just that I can glorify God and show my love for Him, whether it's good or bad. So it's 
it's it's a it's intertwined 100 of the time. It's a way to connect. Baseball has allowed me to meet so many different people and connect with people. Um, I, I just feel blessed to be able to do what I do on the platform that that we're on and and serve the one and only God that is truly amazing. And then they call up McCutcheon. Now I had heard McCutcheon has a faith in Christ, but I had never really heard it from him firsthand. And as I said just a moment ago, as he sat there, good night, he looked miserable sitting there. And granted, he had a rough night. And it's no real secret that it's been a down year in the game for, for McCutcheon. Mm-hmm. So much so, his name's been mentioned in trade scenarios, though that's probably mostly speculation by fans and writers as far as I know. But the chaplain, it was sort of funny, he first introduces McCutcheon, and then he comments on how he doesn't feel like such a child standing next to McCutcheon as he does when standing next to other players, obviously referencing his size, and of course, a little bit of a shot there. But then after an 0-for-5 night with a couple of strikeouts, he reminds McCutcheon of how difficult a year it's been for him before leading into the question of how how he handles the struggle, which why are you bringing all that up? The guy knows he's struggling, but yeah, you know. Jeez. Anyway, he did, and what he was getting at was he he wanted to he wanted to get McCutcheon to talk about how he deals with that struggle. Uh, well, you know, it, it has been a difficult year for me this year. I mean, everyone's seen that. Uh, but honestly, just staying focused and reading the Bible. Um, you know, the, the Book of James. Who's familiar with the Book of James? It's not that big, but James is uh, Jesus' brother. Y'all don't know that. But uh, James says in uh, chapter 1, actually, verse 2 and 3, he says, Consider it pure joy when you face trials of any kind, because you know that the testing of your faith will produce perseverance. I, I can sit here and talk about that Bible verse for about 30 minutes. Because my faith has been tested this year. It really has. But I know that Jesus said that I need to have this faith the size of a mustard seed. And if anybody knows how small a mustard seed is, I believe it's the smallest seed known to man. But when you put it in a crop, man, it, it grows. And I, and I believe that's what Jesus is saying about my faith. Is that I can be 99.9% and have no faith. But that one-tenth percent is all that I need to persevere. And, you know, that, that's what I live by every single day. And regardless of the outcome, it's frustrating. And I know it says, consider it pure joy. I'm not like I'm going, take sandwiches and just punch my teeth. Yes! I don't mean it like that. I mean at the end, when it's all over and said and done, and I'm sitting back, I'm able to have joy in God because God's love never changes. His answer was so great. Mm-hmm. And when he started talking about Scripture, it was as if his whole attitude changed. He was no longer moping. You could see him perk up. Even his body language became more animated. I didn't know it until that night, but McCutcheon's dad apparently is a preacher, and you could see clearly that some of it rubbed off on, on mm-hmm. Andrew McCutcheon. And, the evening ended. They brought up Pirates manager Clint Hurdle. He's the catalyst behind the event. He's a, he's kind of put it all together. It started the thing, and 
The interesting thing about Hurdle on this particular night is he had got thrown out of the game for arguing. <laughs> I had thought two hitters into the game, but he says it was three. I had tweeted out how curious I was. Would he still be sharing after after being thrown out of a ball game? But he handled it really very well. He made light of it and kind of poked a little fun out of it and made sure we all know he was prepared ahead of time and he didn't get thrown out of the game for for the purpose of preparing for Faith Night. I thank you most of all for grace and mercy. Because without grace and mercy, I would not be here tonight. As I shared with you many times before, I'm a flawed man. We got to see other each other again tonight. How do you get thrown out three years to a game? You've got to really disappoint somebody for them to get that angry with you. They, they get rid of you three years into the game. How can it be enough? That's enough. How can that be? There's three years in the game. I haven't said a lot. Hurdle then brought it back. He challenged men to stand up, to be godly men, to be leaders in their home. And he, he touched briefly on how Christ had saved him at 17 years of age before before he then challenged everyone to be more focused on prayer. He said that uh, not only does he pray during the national anthems, which is something I've always done, but I pray for our country during the national anthem uh, when I go to a game. But he uses that national anthem and he prays during that time. But he says that he uses a cell phone as a reminder. And each time he takes out his phone to check the time, to read a message, to, to do whatever, that he prays for something, perhaps even the person who messaged him. And So apart from the long ride back to Rochester, which included a detour to had to go drop Pastor Shane off in Niagara Falls, let me tell you, <laughs> that was a late night. But that's about it. I, I, I do want to thank the Pirates, not only hosting the event, but allowing us access as they did to experience it ourselves so that we could share it with you and talk about it here on the show. You're listening to the Beyond the Game program brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions.